Well, good morning, fellowship. It is so great to be with you as we continue our rhythm series. And you might be looking up here thinking, well, this morning the worship team is just a little bit smaller this morning. But the reality is nothing could be further from the truth. You know, my favorite moments in worship are when God's people are so in tune with who Jesus is and what he has done that the worship leadership transitions from the platform into the room. And, and I have been so blessed by the countless times that you have led us in authentic worship. And so actually this morning, the worship team is quite large and you're part of it. And so you have the opportunity this morning to offer to Jesus that which only you can give. Your voice, your heart in heartfelt worship. And so we encourage you to sing it out, to shout it out, to celebrate and proclaim Jesus as Savior and Lord. Are you with me? I said, are you with me? All right, let's stand and sing this together.
celebrate it. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. Forevermore. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. Worship His holy Good morning, Fellowship family. All right. Well, I've got one. If you're visiting today or you're new, I've got one word for you, and the word is home. Home is such an important. We need a, you need a place, and you need a people, and this, that became very clear to us. My wife and I, we were traveling back from extended uh, trip, and we got stuck in an airport. Have you ever been stuck in an airport? Something that happened to us, it's never happened to me before. I missed two flights in the same airport because of delays and long lines, and, and that made me long for home. You people, this place, and, and it's our desire that if you're visiting or you're new or maybe you've been gone for a while and you're just coming back, that you find a place, a church home, and a people, a small group of people who, when you're going through something, can pray for you and encourage you and if that interests you, or maybe you're just wanting some information, you can scan the QR code on the screen, or you can stop by the booth in the center foyer. We would love to answer any questions. We'd love for this place to become your home, and these people to become your home, and we would love that today. Hey, my name's John. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are continuing our summer series called Spiritual Rhythms. And this morning leading us is Russell Dorch and his worship team and also Rodney Holmstrom who leads Celebrate Recovery that meets every Friday night of the year right here. And Celebrate Recovery, I really appreciate as a staff person because it's a great place, a safe place to deal with hurts from life and maybe bad habits and hangups. And if that interests you at all, just throw, show up on a Friday night. We won't try to sell you on anything or, or get you to do it. You, you just hear a changed life story. You get to, get to hear what's going on in people's lives. It's really, really cool. And as a staff person, one of the things I appreciate about Celebrate Recovery is people oftentimes bring back to their community group a heightened sense of vulnerability and transparency. And we just love that here at Fellowship. And so if that interests you, uh, come on Friday night. We'd love for you to be a part. Two other announcements. One, next Sunday is the last Sunday for uh, uh, items for the backpacks. And so we, we've partnered with Samaritan Community Center for years. We've got the, the red uh, um, 
containers in the foyer. Let's overwhelm them with pocketed folders and wide, uh, wide-margined paper. Let's do it. Let's just overwhelm them so they can fill those backpacks this next week. And then next Sunday night is family swim night. Who's in? Yes. So bring your friends, bring your neighbors, bring your kids. We're going to have a lot of fun. Quite possibly, quite possibly, maybe we can get one of our community pastors to do the toilet bowl slide. Have you seen that? You hop in, you kind of go around a few times, you kind of... Maybe Caleb Freeman could become Captain Flush. He's the youngest of us, and so he could pull that off. But we'd love to have you join us. But just like I experienced chaos and, and kind of a chaotic airport time, life can sometimes be chaotic, can it? Matter of fact, if you're not feeling that lately or right now, watch this video, and then I think you will feel it.
morning, fellowship. As John mentioned, we've been in this series of spiritual rhythms. I like to call those holy habits. Discipline just makes me want to not do it. (laughs) Holy habits. The world screams a different narrative, doesn't it? Stay busy. We, we get focused on believing that our mission is the doing, and we forget that we first have to be, that we are human beings, and to be with the Father is so critical for our sustainability. You know, when I think about these spiritual rhythms, there's two that stand out, not because they're easy, not because I have it figured out, but because I realize, just through my own practice, the, the vitality and the necessity of Silence and solitude. Now, let me be clear. These are not divorced from the other rhythms that we've been talking about and will talk about, but I think they actually magnified, they're magnified by this holy habit of silence and solitude. Because I firmly believe that these quiet moments with the Father will help us to know him and will actually empower us through a chaotic world. But we know that the enemy is kind of screaming in our ear. He gets us focused on the doing, doesn't he? The to-do list and, and, and performing and over-functioning in the high RPM, and we just run ourselves into the ground. I've been guilty. I've been guilty. But I love the contrast, even watching that video and hearing your sweet voices say, turn your eyes to Jesus. Jesus said with his own lips, the loving father, probably knowing that you were going to experience some weariness in your life, some chaos. He says this in Matthew eleven twenty eight. he says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. You can almost hear the oxygen going into our lungs. The father saying, hey, in your weariness, in your brokenness, in your struggles, in your to-do list, I want you to put that to the side and, and just be with me. Can you think of any sustainable relationship in your life on this earth where you just knew about the person and you didn't hang out with them? It wouldn't work in marriage, would it? Now we have to hang out, we have to be with each other, we have to get to know each other, but the enemy is screaming with these to-do lists. This is a posture, silence and solitude is learning how to hit the pause button and lean into the awe and wonder of who he is, not just to know, but to know, understanding who we are in relationship to him, and what does this mean to walk in fellowship with him in this space as believers, I think it's important that we point out the elephant in the room. There's a stigma attached to silence and solitude, isn't there? If you listen to Eastern religions, this meditation, it's like, empty your mind of everything. No, as believers, it's not emptying our minds. It's actually filling our mind, focusing our mind, training our mind, worshiping with our minds so that we can take our minds captive, our, our thoughts captive by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, for the glory of God. And guess what gets pushed out? The noise of the world, the things that are cluttering our mind and our thoughts. We're saying in this space, Lord, in silence and solitude, may I allow you to speak to me, to guide me, to convict me, to mature me in this space so that I can hear you more clearly, quiet my mind and my heart from the to-do list to just be with my dad, my heavenly father. So silence and solitude 
is more than just being quiet. It's rather holy listening. Now, the other holy rhythms, these holy habits that we've been talking about, prayer is so vital. But in this space, and I've had to, I'm not good at this. I'm, this is a, an ongoing process for me. It's just to quiet my mind and my heart as I go into my prayer time with my list of those that I love and care about. I need to pray for them, but I need to quiet my mind to get myself in the room. You ever been present in a room and you're not really in the room? That happens to me too often. Sometimes I'll be driving to a, a destination. I'll get there and go, I do not remember one inch of this journey. How? That's frightening. <laughs> People's lives are at stake. No, it's not just about being quiet. It's about holy listening. The holy habits that we're practicing with the word of God and the prayer and the fasting and confession, all that is magnified in this space. Lord, speak to me, guide me. Not just know, but know. Solitude is not just to get alone, but to get alone with God, to, to get in this space and say, I'm gonna pause, Lord. I wanna reflect, I wanna rejoice, I wanna yield to you, Father, and I wanna sit in your presence. And this is so uncomfortable, isn't it? Because we're so inclined to do. I don't know if you can relate to this. When I stop doing, I feel like I'm being lazy. If I'm not performing, I must not have any value. And what Jesus is his, he's reminding us and come to me, sit in dad's lap and let me hold you in this space that the most important thing you can do right now is just to be with me. It's not about the doing. The doing is important, but if we're not being, the doing is useless. So solitude is to get alone, but get alone with God. Reconnecting with his beauty, his goodness, and his truth. What is God speaking to me? Lord, remind me of your beauty. Remind me of your goodness and your faithfulness and your truth so that the noise of the world does not clutter my mind and my heart and run me into the ground of over-functioning. Now, I don't know if you can relate to this. I, this was a struggle for me in this silence and solitude is I can't hear God. You talk about hearing God. I don't hear anything. Here's the reality. If we believe that the word of God is true, and I hope you do, that we have evidence of God from the heavens speaking down. There's evidence after evidence. Even that passage I read to you a second ago in Matthew 11, Jesus spoke those words, come to me. Turn your eyes to me in your weariness, in your brokenness, in your, in your burdens, and I will give you rest. He spoke those words. He has spoken. He is speaking. And what we're reading in the word of God comes to life when we just allow ourselves to create space to reconnect with his goodness, reconnect with his beauty, reconnect with those truths, those promises that we've been holding on to in that space. If we believe that Hebrews 4.12 is correct, that the word of God is living and active, then we have to believe that it is living and alive and breathing inside of us. So it's not a question, is he speaking? He has spoken, he is speaking. It's a question, am I listening? The noise in my world is cluttering things up and getting me into a place of not being able to stop and listen and hang out with the Father. Psalm 4610 is one of those verses that we see in inspirational posts, and I love it because it says, be still and know that I am God. When we can get still and quiet our minds and our hearts just to put the list to the side and the to-do and the over-functioning and just say, Lord, I want to be still. 
Scripture is reminding us, the psalmist is reminding us that we will know him when we get still. But don't miss verse 11. It doesn't get a lot of public refs, but it's really important. The Lord Almighty is with us. He is with me. He is with you. The God of Jacob is our fortress. When we can get still and silent and silence and solitude, we will know him more intimately and we will be reminded that he is our strength. He is our fortress in the midst of a crazy, chaotic, noisy world. When we look at this lamp here, this lamp has a function. It, it, it serves to, to magnify light. But if we don't plug this, this lamp into the right source, it's just a glorified paperweight, isn't it? The equivalent of not stopping and being still is saying, I'm not going to plug into your source that I'm strong enough to do this on my own. It would be like to plug into ourselves. And when I'm in over-functioning, I'm in essence doing this and wondering, why am I not sustained? Why am I not empowered to walk this Christian life, to be a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, sons, or daughters? No, silence and solitude, just like this lamp, is understanding that the only way that this functions is if it plugged into a source outside of itself. You and I cannot function on our own under our own power. We need a source outside of ourselves to sustain us, to know him, to think clear, to quiet our minds and our hearts so that we can be sustained and empowered in this crazy, broken, chaotic world. We need that. I need that. It's learning to work this muscle in this space. But what are the things that are distracting me. See, silence and solitude, one of the things I think we get confused is we think that there has to be complete silence. In fact, I can't think of a place where I don't hear at least something. It's the clicking of the clock, it's the truck down the road, whatever that is. In fact, if we were in this space right now, just to pause for a second, if we were silent, this is gonna be awkward for some, just be still and tell me what you hear. I hear that sweet baby crying. I hear the popping of the ceiling. Maybe you'll hear some traffic go by the building. But if we can quiet our minds and our hearts in this space, it doesn't matter that there's still noise going on. Am I just stopping to lean in and hear him and see him in the midst of the noise happening around me? And that's what this space is about. Well, let's be honest, there are some things that are out there, and none of these are wrong in and of themselves. I'm not meddling right now. There's millions of podcasts and YouTube channels and television stations and, and social media, screaming notifications and instant message, and all these things are not bad by themselves, but if they are dominating our narrative and they're keeping us from the Father, it does become very unhealthy, doesn't it? In fact, studies are showing that, that it's actually this process of over-functioning and having overstimulation is actually rewiring our neural pathways. It's changing that. And in fact, it not only seems like we have the inability to focus on one thing, 
It is the reality that we have the inability to focus on one thing. And what's happening is it's stripping our ability to be fully present. And if we fully believe the scriptures that say to love God and to love others, and we believe there's an order to that, to be fully present with God has to be my lead foot so that I can be fully present with the others in my life. Some of us, I've been there, we have hard times being fully present with anyone and the, the noise, the phones, whatever that is, is, is screaming for our attention and it's got us stuck in this place. Over-functioning, high RPMs, the to-do lists. See, in this space, it's about replenishing. It's about restoring. It's plugging back into the right power source and putting our other stuff to the side and saying, Lord, you're too important. You're too important. I got to spend some time with you because you're the most important relationship in my life. It's not just about restoration and, and relief. It's actually about presence versus production. And I get it. The world celebrates the production, <laughs> and we got to get the production down. But the sustainability comes when we plug into the right source. It's about being instead of just always doing. In this space, this morning, it's going to be a little bit informative. It's going to be a little bit experiential. And some of you are already wiggling in your seats. It's okay. Don't shame if this is hard. It is hard. It is hard. In Matthew chapter 4, don't have time to really get into this passage deeply, but there is some telling things. Jesus gives us a cool model when he enters into his own silence and solitude for 40 days and 40 nights. Guess who shows up? The noisemaker. The enemy. You hungry? Turn those stones to bread. Notice how Jesus reconnects to truth. First and foremost, he reconnects with his goodness and his faithfulness. He reconnects with his beauty through worship. You hungry, turn those stones to bread. Man doesn't live by bread alone. If you, you can save yourself, throw yourself off this cliff. It's wrong to test the Lord. Truth. The enemy says... You can have all of this. It will be yours if you'll just worship me. Whew. Reconnect with his beauty through worship. 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 Man only worships him alone and serves him alone, reconnecting with his truth. So this morning, I could talk to you about how to ride a bike, or I could show you how to ride the bike here. So I want to let you work a muscle here, and it's going to be hard, but we're going to do it together. It's hard for me too, but it's too important. If the enemy would show up to Jesus in his own place of silence and solitude, you think he would give up on you? No, he's going to be persistent. He knows how important this is. And so I want you to think of a time in your life when you were just moved by God's beauty. Remember the first time you pulled that trout out of the river and saw the brilliance of its colors, you're like, wow. Or the first time you saw those mountains in Colorado, you go, God, you made this. 
or the first time you heard the, the oceans crashing onto the sand and seeing those ginormous waves coming in. Only you, God. The first time you sat and just took in the brilliance of this ginormous moon. You see the stars. Or maybe it's when you heard the laughter of your children in the back seat and just those giggles just get you feeling good about yourself. Or maybe when you heard the cry of that baby that came into this world that means everything to you. So beautiful, Lord. Or maybe it's a friend that you've been apart from for so long and you finally got to see them again. (laughs) And you got to hug them and feel that embrace of someone that has been with you through the good, the bad, the ugly. God's beauty, his creation. It's too important. We're not worshiping his creation. But when we can stop and notice and listen, it does something to us because it reminds me that everything that we see has to have a source, a creator. So Lord, may I just sit in your presence and reconnect with your beauty. Put the list to the side in the midst of the noise to quiet my mind and my heart and be present with you in this space. So I'm gonna give you an opportunity. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be worth it. You're gonna work a new muscle in this space. Let's quiet your minds and your hearts of the to-do list. Let's reconnect. Loving, creative, beautiful God.
What was that like for you to do that? I'm a firm believer that when we experience something different, that's going to be our motivation to go back to that. And so if it was hard, don't shame that. It's always hard when we try to quiet the busyness and the doing to just be in the presence of the Almighty. And Lord, let me reconnect with your beauty. There's a, there's a stigma attached to this. I think that me and my wife like to sit on the back deck and look at birds. And my kids call me old now. This is not just for old people, folks. This is called being a human. This is called being a child of God. And we can reconnect with him. You know, sometimes me and my wife will sit on the back deck and we will not say anything for 20 minutes. We're just being with each other. Don't get hung up if you don't hear something all the time. Just be with him and enjoy his beauty to reconnect. When we can do that, our heart response is, Lord, you are so creative. You are so beautiful. Let me reconnect with you in this space. But we need to reconnect with his goodness as well, don't we? In this place of finding restoration and replenishment, we need to focus in on that. Because here's what I find when I'm not doing that. When I'm in the high RPM over-functioning, I can find myself in the white knuckling. What's white knuckling? When we hold on so tight, we can see the whites of our knuckles. We're over-functioning. We ignore those internal signs of hunger for, and thirst for reconnection with our loving Father. And when we, we don't do this, I know I've been guilty, I'll minimize the pain that's inside of me. I'll try to shove it down and I become overwhelmed by those big emotions in my life. And I start saying yes to way too many things even though on the inside I'm screaming, no, not one more thing. In this space, I bounce between feeling highly motivated and overwhelmed by my own self-sufficient adrenaline. Seasons of exhaustion, numbness, because I'm over-functioning. And I don't know about you, but when I'm not in that place of sitting with the Father, my capacity begins to deplete and skepticism starts to grow. Criticalness. I become very critical with people around me. I start looking through the wrong lens in life. I'm plugging into myself. What if in this space of knowing that we're white knuckling and holding on to, to try to over function at high RPMs and the doing and production, maybe we consider the being and the presence and if we're white knuckling, remember Mark Schott's been talking about just using the hands to try to come up with 10 things that we could be grateful for. And when I think about white knuckling and over-functioning, what would that be like to just stop and pause? Lord, let me reconnect with your goodness, your faithfulness. You might have troubles at first. Lord, thank you. When's the last time we just stopped and said, thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for forgiving this wretched soul that I am, Father. You know who I am. You know what I've done, and you've chosen to forgive me. Thank you for that. Thank you for choosing to wake me up today, Lord. Thank you for your provision. Thank you that I'm not going out with, without food, that I have a shelter Thank you for my family. Thank you for my church family, some that I was able to even hug when I walked into this space this morning. Thank you for the people that believed in me, Lord, that you brought into my life when I needed someone in a very desperate place. 
What are those things that, that you could just one by one begin thanking him for and just focusing on his goodness in this space? What if we paused and we just allowed you some space to focus on his goodness? And this might be tough. I know sometimes I have to write things in my journal to be reminded of what he's done because my criticalness is so high and it's, it's blurring my vision. But your good, faithful father, he's saying, sons and daughters, come back. You're weary. You're burdened. You're over-functioning again, aren't you, Rodney? Come to me in your weariness, in your burdens, and I'll remind you of my goodness to sustain you so you'll know who I am, you'll know who you are, and you'll know what it means to walk in a relationship with me, to reconnect with the right power source, to look at life through a new lens. So this is hard, but you guys are doing amazing. Take some time, and let's reflect and focus on his goodness, his faithfulness. Where are some places in your life that you need to reconnect with, to quiet your minds, to pause, to reflect, to rejoice, to yield to his incredible power and love? God of promises. Let's take a few moments here and reconnect with his goodness and his faithfulness in this space.
that just thinking about reconnecting with his faithfulness his goodness when we can do that our heart response is yes thank you lord thank you for that goodness and finally i want to focus on reconnecting to god's truth i don't know about you but when i get quiet sometimes that's when those lies can speak the loudest this is where i i can buy into the notion that i just need to try harder be better go do more and even when I get in that, that stillness, that silence and solitude, that, that's where the enemy can speak lies about who I am. Maybe he does the same to you. This is where he can start kind of causing us to experience fear and doubt about who we are as moms and dads and brothers and sisters, leaders. What if I get found out? All these lies can begin to ruminate our minds and to reconnect with this truth is so important. One of the things that I love to do is to take three by five cards and write out some of those promises and truths of who I am in Christ. And in my time, of not, I'm not gonna get into Bible study right now, not my prayer list, anything else. I'm just gonna reflect on your truths. What are some of those promises in your life that you could reconnect with? It's funny, when I was looking back in the Old Testament, I think about Pharaoh with the Israelites. He's holding them in captivity, and Moses shows up with a new line of thinking about God's goodness, his truth, his beauty, and Pharaoh doesn't like what they're hearing, so what does he do? He ups their quota. Make more bricks. And then they start saying, you know, life was pretty good before Moses showed up. That's how the enemy works. When we start hearing truth, he wants to shout these messages to keep us in that, hey, you don't have to listen to this. Go, go do this. Here's your to-do list. And we go into the doing part, and we forget that I don't have to go take those thoughts somewhere else. I can take them to the Father and say, Lord, I'm feeling in inadequate right now. I feel like a failure. What do you say, Lord? I want to hear your word, what I've been reading in these other holy habits as I've studied your word and in prayer and in worship and service and confession. All these things that we've been talking about, these holy rhythms, these holy habits come to fruition as we make space and say, Lord, I've been learning. I want to experience with you right now. Remind me of who I am in Christ. Fill my mind with the right things. When in Mark Chapter six, Jesus says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. You know, Jesus practiced this multiple times in the New Testament, and it's almost comical, the noisemakers, sometimes people, right? What are you doing? I mean, Jesus is doing a lot of really cool things. He's feeding thousands. He's healing a lot of people. And he says, I'm going to go hang out with dad in the mountains. And they're like, we don't got time for this. In fact, one of those narratives is, People are looking for you. You ever felt like that? I'm wasting time. I'm non-productive. People are depending on me. Jesus says, come to me, because if you don't plug into the right source, whatever you're doing is not going to be sustainable, and it's not going to be fruitful and life-giving. Come to me and get some rest. So maybe this morning you're hearing some of those lies. I want to give you space, and you're doing amazing. This is hard. We're working new muscles here. Bear with me. Let's reconnect with God's truth in this space. Who does he say 
What are his promises that you could go back to that you've been learning and memorizing? Or maybe you need some prompts on the screen just to reconnect with this truth. Let's take a moment and just reconnect with our loving Father's promises and his life-giving truth. Stand and sing this together this morning. Come on. In the darkness we were waiting without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running. There was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the word from a throne. Praise the Oh, 
we've worked some muscles this morning practicing these new holy habits. And I'm proud of you for staying curious and trying this. I know it's hard. The enemy wants more than anything to keep you distracted, to keep you over-functioning, to keep you focused on the doing and not the being, because it's the being that will sustain us as we know him and are empowered through a chaotic world. Hey, a couple quick challenges for you. One, maybe just consider practicing some new rhythms this week. Maybe you, you just, maybe for two minutes. If you're not doing it at all, start small. <laughs> Don't try to do this for an hour. Maybe a minute to a, two minutes. Maybe it's in your car. Turn the radio off. Focus on what's around you. Focus, reconnect with his beauty, his truth, his goodness. Maybe you consider inviting your community into this. To, how can we work together to practice this? How can we hold each other accountable so that we can be sustained through this life-giving practice, this holy habit that will magnify all the other rhythms and holy habits to be fully present with our God and others? Silence and solitude, quiet moments with the Father will help us to know him and empower us through a chaotic world. If you're here for the first time, we're so glad that you're here. We want to remind you we've got a prayer room. If you go down the hall this way, we got some folks that would love to pray for you. Let's practice new holy habits of silence and solitude. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Have a great week.